Adam Pengilly, morning, mate. How are you? <laughs> morning, Jared. Morning, boy. <laughs> this is a disgrace, Pengilly. Uh, I just saw it, Clarky. I think it was a 50-50 call, to be fair. What could um, the goalie do? Well, he, he, he's obviously he get the ball, and he's taken the taken the attack. Area. Oh. Like, I, know, I know the ball gone past him, but Clarky, the, the other thing is, he was on the yellow card as well before that. He, he, he was lucky to still be on the field. Who's the goalie was on the yellow? He was already on the yellow before that, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't know that. Nah, so the ref, it's personal. The ref doesn't like the goalie. This is a yeah. personal attack, Mido. Listen to this. The, con- <laughs> the, the anti-conspiracy theorist has had more conspiracy uh, theories in three minutes than seriously. in the previous three years. Oh, anyway. Hang on, let me guess. This game's at Arsenal's home, home ground? Yes. Yeah, oh, shock me. Mate, this is a joke. Home ref, is it? The ref's on their coaching staff. Gosh, you're up and about now. Seriously. The haircut. You blokes. The uh, it's the happiness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> firstly, you were there. It was at Body mm. Dune yesterday. Is that where you yep. were uh, and spoke to James Tedesco, amongst others? But uh, how's Teddy heading into 2023? Yeah, he plays some pretty decent golf, Jared, to be fair. He's a, he's a left-hander. So you wouldn't think he'd be a left-hander, but he is. And he hits a decent golf ball. So I think he's been working on his golf a fair bit, Teddy, in his spare time. So... He had a quick chat to him yesterday after he finished playing in the Pro-Am and he's um, obviously desperate to get back into the swing of things and, and play in the first trial this week. I don't. The one thing I found interesting that he said yesterday, he still thinks he can play for another couple of years beyond his current contract. So he's still on contract with the Roosters until the end of next year, which is 2024. And he says, I'm feeling great. My body feels fine. I feel like I'm at the peak of my powers. There's no reason I can't play for another couple of years beyond that. So it's going to take him pretty much to 33 to right on the cusp of his 34th birthday. What do they do with Joseph Manu and Joseph Suali'i, if that's the case? Because those two guys, I think, are destined to play fullback at some stage, mm-hmm. particularly in Suali'i's case if he stays in, in, in the NRL. But if Teddy keeps playing for another, what, four years from this year, um, they're not going to be able to keep them all, are they, Was Well, you wouldn't have thought so. Well, you would know more accurately... Uh you know, salary ranges and what you can afford and how many million-dollar players you can have in your roster. But those three there, you, you're paying a million dollars every day of the week for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Close to. Like, well, Teddy's obviously a million dollars a year now. I think the other two, or Man is just below that at the moment, I think. Yeah, but, but, but if, if I'm chasing those guys, I'm paying them a yeah. million bucks. Yeah. At least. Yeah. All three of them. Mm. Mm. So yeah. where does that leave your salary cap if you've got three on over a million bucks? Uh, leaves sure. in a very precarious spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah. So I, I, yeah. I don't know how you keep all three of them. No, I, I, I know they've got this deal with Suli where he's got options in his contract every year, yeah. and, and the Roosters have been quite happy to do that because we, we all know he's a special talent. Um, but how much longer do they keep going down this path was and, and allow him to sort of wait until midway through the year every year to decide his future? Because at some stage, he's got a, you'd like to think he's going to commit long-term to, to some code, whether it's the NRL and the Roosters, whether it's another club in the NRL, whether it's Rugby Union, I don't know. But um, they're obviously playing a, a very delicate game with him at the moment. And Teddy was quite you know, effusive talking about his, his switch to the centres this year, saying that still he's been doing a lot of work in the centres this year. He looks, looks awesome. And, and we've seen it in the past with Robbo. Obviously, we know he's a very smart and astute coach. He's had Joseph Manu sort of sniffing around the middle a lot in, in attack when he's been playing the centres the last few years. And I... I dare say I'll probably be the same with Sue Lee. Um, can, you play a both of them? can you play both of them like that, Dave? Oh, well, you know, just target the, the middle. Laws <laughs> yeah. and try and roll teams through the middle. You, yeah. you possibly could, but you're not going to get the width in your no. attack. You know better than me. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, defensive teams can, can jam up and, and, and try and, you know, so, I suppose, load that middle a little bit more if they can see both guys are sniffing around the ruck. So, yeah, I'm fascinated to see how the Roosters play this year, particularly with ball in hand. Yeah, I, I think with both of them in the centres and... Uh, Kiri, if he comes through with um, 
you know, limited injuries this season and Walker at half back and the forward packs they have, I, I think this is the team that, that'll challenge uh, Penrith. But it must be a concern with Luke Keary, you know, having a, you know, a hit or copping a blow to the jaw at training and then obviously being left out. And I know that they take a lot of care with the players and in particular the Roosters with guys because they've got history of head knocks. They know how to treat them. But surely it still must be a concern. Yeah, and I think Teddy virtually admitted that yesterday, Lod, saying with his history of concussions, it, it, it is a concern. But he said, having having said that and spoken to him numerous times in the last week or two, he said he's feeling fine. He has none of those symptoms in terms of you know lingering headaches or anything like that that he's had in the past. So hopefully, fingers crossed for Luke and the Roosters that it's only a obviously just a little setback with it with a jaw complaint. We can see him on the field in round one, but. You're right, every time he has one of these knocks to a jaw or a face or a concussion or something like that, I think the alarm bells just start ringing again, don't they, given his, given his history. So, But from all reports, he should be right for round one, ready to see him go. And, um, yep, keen to see what this Roosters team can do this year. Because that's the other thing, too. If, if you know, like if you're the opposition, you're, you're running plenty of traffic at his way. You know? mm, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's not the biggest kid out there on the field, yeah. Luke Keary, but he's tough but he mm. sometimes gets his head in the wrong position. And if you're making him do, you know, 20-odd tackles a game, there's a fair chance he might pop a knock. It, just a, a stray elbow or a knee or whatever it may be, or just not, head clash. You just, I don't know. Is this not the same risk for Ponga? Like, Ponga sits in the, it's a very similar situation, and now he's talking about playing 5-8, five, five mm. so he's going to be in the front line as well. Is that risk not there for him as well? Yeah, I yeah. suppose, mate, that it will be. But they will say, regardless of where you play, he, he received all his head knocks at fullback at previously. Yeah. Yeah, so what's but, the difference but between if him if he's now? tackling more, is, is there more risk at receiving head knocks? Uh, possibility, yeah. yeah. Well, no doubt there would be because you're making more tackles yeah. than what you would at fullback. Um, so I, I, I'm just unsure of... Um, hate to see you, hate how players, players are going like to that, go yeah. when they've got a history of head knocks yeah. if opposition teams start to target them. Because mm. you mm. will. You'll start to run traffic at these guys if they've got issues yeah. with, with head knocks. You, you <laughs> just would. You just go. And, and, and the other thing about it is you're taking juice out of their best players. Yeah. Well, the other thing, if they do cop a knock, they're, they're, they're off. The well, you've got to take them they? off. So they're not yeah. like you. Who You're not have trying played, say six them, years, yeah. and you you've never had a head knock, and all of a sudden yeah. you, you get a bit of a you know a whack to the head. Well, you more than likely you'll go straight, straight back off. off. Yeah. But if yeah. it's someone that's got a history of head knocks, and they get one, they're not going back on. Mm. So mm. part of the the plan when you come up against yeah. players like this would be, you know what? Let's test them. Let's go at them. Let's make them do mm. these tackles. So anyway. We'll see how it all unfolds. Let's talk some racing, Adam, and uh, fascinated to see how this silver slipper plays out on Saturday at Rose Hill. King's Gambit, two sixty, Platinum Jubilee, $4.20, and Cylinder on the next line of betting at $5 with Tab. Uh, pretty keen on the Godolphin horse actually coming out of that very nice trial. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating race, Jared. I think King's Gambit's got to lay down a marker, doesn't he, for the Golden Slipper. We, we saw him there first up. He was okay. I know he's beaten at the, at the very short price, but... I thought he did enough in his first start run, and we've just seen learning to fly, and a couple of others really put their hand up now and sort of say, well, we're right in the Golden Slipper picture. And this horse, I think the Snows want him to sort of lay down a market there on the weekend and try and win this race in the Silver Slipper and really head forward towards the Golden Slipper with some confidence. So very keen to see what he can do. But I think these two Freedman fillies, Madeira Sunrise and Mumbai Muse, 
Listen, I'm not quite sure if they're right in the class of a King's Gambit right at the moment, but they're both showing some really likeable signs at the trials and obviously their first race starts as well. Madeira Sunrise is good winning. Probably a, an inferior race, it must be said, for maybe the, the second tier horses. Well, I thought Mumbai Moose has got something to offer too. So I think we got a, a lot more of a, a clearer picture heading towards the Golden Slipper after the weekend. And, and from this week on, boys, every horse that wins is automatically exempt from the ballot and straight into the slipper. So this market's going to be changing week on week now. And um, yeah, King's Gambit, no doubt, with a headline horse and that silver slipper on the weekend. You saw Tommy. Ooh, I'm just the city. You've hit the post there. I oh, know. That was very, very close. <laughs> Sorry, Loz. No, you're right. Uh, Tommy, Mark one, um, obviously had a fall on the weekend. I think he busted his shoulder. Is that right? So he is going back home or is he going to stay here and recover? Yeah, terrible news, Loz. He he avoided any breaks, which was probably the initial concern after the fall there on the weekend, but he's still got some issues with the shoulder, which requires some shoulder surgery now. So he's going to be out of the saddle for the best part of the eight weeks, essentially. So you can pretty much put a line throughout the whole Sydney Autumn Carnival now for Tommy. So that's really unfortunate given he only just arrived in Australia and been riding for a week or so, but he's suffered this injury. So I, I think it's highly doubtful he'll stay down here and do his recovery down here. He might have his surgery and then I dare say head home to recuperate because there's probably not going to be much point hanging around here and maybe picking up one or two rides right at the end of the carnival. I suppose if if he did rehabilitate a little bit quicker than expected, William Haggis is still sending a few horses down for the championship, so there might be a chance, but that's looking at the time frame now, that's really pushing it. That's probably only six or so weeks away now, the first day of the championship. So he might be pushing it, um, having an uphill battle to try and get ready for the, for the championships now, which is just horrible, horrible luck. We know how dangerous the sport is, and unfortunately, I think he's going to miss a lot of really good feature race rides over the next six to eight weeks. Nasher Will has been suspended. Yeah, another one, Gerald, who caught the suspension out of Canterbury last Friday night, uh, which was finalised yesterday in inquiry. So he's missing the ride on in speaker in the surround stakes on Saturday week, which is going to be a really nice, big one ride for him. She's obviously going to go around and start favouring that race. So i tell you what, Nash has had a lot of problems with the stewards has in the other last 12 months in particular. I think he's been suspended, I was reading somewhere, eight times in the last 12 months, which is just phenomenal, really, for a jockey, given that every time he's suspended, you're out for a week or two, then you come back. So he's almost racking up one every one and a half months, which is just crazy. So it's really unfortunate for Nash to miss that miss that ride and in secret next week, and he's got to regather himself and try and get ready for, for the rest of the Autumn Carnival. One of the great New Zealand jockeys, Michael Walker, who's been riding over here in Australia now for a couple of years. He's announced his retirement. Yeah, another really unfortunate story was he, geez, Michael's had a lot of issues with his health over the last probably three or four years. Now, I remember, I remember he had that harrowing story about how that compartmental syndrome where mm-hmm. he said it felt like his leg was going to explode at one stage with the pressure from an internal injury. So he managed to come back from that. But he had an issue with, a, I think it was a jump out last August and suffered a bit of a... I suppose, a brain injury, and put it in those terms, and he's really struggling with the side effects from that coming back and obviously still having some lingering issues with that concussion symptom. So he's decided to pull the pin on his on his riding career, which is such a shame because he's such a character of the, of the jockey's room and the sport in general, I suppose. Um, and he's going to retire with a pretty decent regimen. I think 30-odd group ones. He's ridden for, for many, many years, more than 100 stakes winners. And uh, unfortunately, that's the end for Michael. So let's hope he can stay... Involved in the industry in some way, shape or form. Uh, not lost to the industry as a whole. And um, yet we can hopefully see him around the races sometime in the future. Uh, we couldn't get you on yesterday with some phone issues, but thank you for your tip. Yeah, it was Scratch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sent, to be fair, Jared, I sent the tip at like 5 o'clock in the morning, yeah. I think, or 5.30 in the morning. It was Scratch before 7.30. <laughs> yeah. So I will apologise about that. Sorry to point that Could have been worse, Mido. Could have yeah, been worse. Money back. Your money back. Exactly right. Money yeah. back. We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. So anyway, we'll live and fight again. We'll get ready for Saturday, Jared. Sounds good. Uh, Saturday with the Rugby League trials coming up. But it looks like this peace deal has happened between the NRL and also the players. 
Players Association, Adam. <laughs> yeah, it might have was. I don't know. I think there's some more further meetings scheduled for today. Um, it all depends who you talk to, was to be honest. Oh, really? Uh, you can, oh, I think they're getting closer. I think they're getting, they're getting they're definitely getting closer, but I don't think it's finally across the line yet, if I can put it in those terms. So I think that... Well, the main thing was they got the NRLW stuff done. That was the thing that was most pressing and the most urgent. Let's just hope they can get it done before round one. I think like you guys, myself, all the fans, they're sick of hearing about it. It's an extremely important thing for the game. It needs to be done. It needs to be done properly. But I think, let's be honest, everyone's over it. Yes, we are. I agree. Uh, Good on you, mate. Have a good day. See you, boys.